Hello. Hey, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't know what happened. You got quiet, and I was I was still talking, and you weren't responding, and I don't know what the hell happened. So, uh, yeah, technology was uh, not with us in that moment. Uh, <laughs> technical difficulties going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to get better <laughs> at this, but. Uh, <laughs> Technology's rough like that. Yeah, so I'm trying to get my boy in, but it's saying the invite. It's not. He's saying the invite's not going into the um. Like he can't hit the link or whatever. Okay. Well, I'm gladly wait until uh, things can uh, get uh, get done with the uh, technical difficulties. I see him on there now. Yeah. So. uh uh, hey man, no, welcome to the Jaywalk podcast. I got my two most favorite people in the universe on the same podcast. Hey, this is Tyree and Michael. You guys know each other, you just haven't seen each other in a long time. Yes, okay. okay. And Tyree just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, that was brief. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're Michael. Gonna get this right. We're gonna get this right, though. Yeah. What you're gonna do is, I'm gonna end this one, and I'm just gonna do yeah. it. And I'm, I'm gonna invite him first. Then I'm gonna invite you. Oh, here he is. I'm going. I'm going. I'm back. Oh, hey. Okay. All right. Now listen. No, I, got I, my I, I, I don't. I don't. I didn't like how you introduced me together with him. So I had to hang up. <laughs> 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 I get my own. I get my own self introduction. I don't like it. I don't like to be with nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, Mr. Tyree didn't learn how to share in third grade. No, sure didn't. <laughs> Taking my ball, going home. <laughs> man, let me tell y'all something, bro. I am so excited, man. This this is the best gift anyone you guys ever gave me, man. I'm. This is man, like my heart. Oh well, cool. Then I ain't got to give you no more. Then all right, but oh no, no, I, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that tonight, though. All right, I'm still gonna need that tonight. I'm still gonna nah, need that. We, no, we good. We good. <laughs> y'all ready? Y'all ready to dig in, man? Yeah, Go ahead. let's do this. Okay, so we the first thing we're gonna talk about is we're gonna talk about the Iowa game before we get into the head coaching <clears> thing. Okay, I wanted yeah. to get uh, first thing I wanted to do was get your thoughts on the game. Um, mm-hmm. and then somehow, some way we're going to transition into the next coaching hire and who would you guys want and who would be the best and so on and so on. But first let's talk about what's in front of us, the game that happened today. Um, who wants to go first? It doesn't matter to me either or. I'll give a, a preference to Tyree. He's been on here before. Uh, okay. So, um, I, I have some thoughts about the game. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, I'm first of all, I'm happy for the team. You know, I'm happy that the, the you know, uh, Mickey get to go out with a win. You know, I'm happy that, you know, some of the new guys and the young guys, you know, get to put a, a end to their season because, like, a, what, a six or seven game losing streak ain't, ain't no way to end the season, right? So, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I'm glad they got a W. I yep. don't, you know, it's, it's still kind of struggle, right? We didn't put up a whole lot of points in the second half. So, you know, that's kind of concerning. You know, I think they tried to change the game plan up a little bit and just run the clock out instead of just keep doing what got you there, which is always a little bit concerning. Um, 
But honestly, you know, I I hate to be a negative nanny, but I felt like Iowa lost the game more than Nebraska won the game. Mm, Um, You know, when when you got fumbles and penalties and, you know, all that kind of stuff going on, it's just really hard to say that Nebraska did a whole lot to, you know, take the game away from Iowa rather than Iowa just kind of didn't play well and lost the game on themselves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my major takeaway. And then I, I still didn't see, you know, the offense wasn't as sharp. Um, I, I think Iowa has the same kind of problem that Nebraska has. The offensive line just isn't good. I mean, we, you know, in the end of the game, we were rushing three people and getting – Getting pressure, <laughs> and, and they had five blockers. I'm like, I don't understand. You got five people blocking, we only running three, and y'all can't stop them. Like that, that, that's kind of disheartening to see. Yeah, yeah. So you know, them are kind of my overall thoughts. You know, again, ha- happy they got the W. Glad Mickey get to go out with a with a win. You know, behind them, but uh, I really felt like Iowa lost it more than Nebraska won it. Okay, very good take, Ree. Actually, go ahead, Mike. What's going on? I think Mike got the shutdown virus. No, nah. <laughs> no, nah, he couldn't have because he's still on here saying. Yeah, I saw him connected as well. But yeah, so he's still he's still on. Oh man, like you know, you know what's crazy, Ray? When we do these podcasts, something's always going wrong. <laughs> Ray, I set up this. I oh, make, you can't hear me. Okay, okay there we go. go. There we go. Okay, Michael, I can hear y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. can hear y'all. Okay. And I okay. took a little bit of a different uh, uh, take on the game. I took my take on the game was uh, defensive coordinator Bill Bush. He called a, an excellent game as far mm-hmm. as um, putting our putting our boys out on the corner on the island and making them win versus the, the receivers of Iowa. And I thought we most of the game won. Um, we had the the big laps on the on the long run play, but in general, when we were putting one on one situations, we won. I feel like the two turnovers we have were were stripped from. Uh, two of the turnovers we have were stripped fumbles. I feel like uh, earlier in the season, we probably wouldn't have got those uh, those strips or fumbles. So I think this is kind of a testament toward uh, uh, Coach Joseph and uh, Coach Bush being able to understand our opponent and understand Iowa's offense is pretty inept. And that uh, we were able to call an aggressive game and not be too concerned about them getting the big play. They got, you know, basically one big play and they had a, a pretty good drive where we were a little bit undersized uh, in the secondary. So they were able to use their, their height advantage to get some good uh, receiving t- uh, catches. But in general, they, they were not able to. Uh, get much done versus our defense, but I do completely agree that the offense got too, 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 uh, too a little bit too scary in the second half and did not get things done. But we have to be honest about things about our offense. We don't have much of an offensive line, and if we're not able to, you know, consistently have a threat of running the ball up the middle or running a little bit of option, then killing um, in the way that we did is not going to be very effective. So without a legitimate uh, threat of being able to, you know, run the ball down the team's throat, 
like, you know, good teams in the Big Ten can do at the end of a game, then we are kind of left in that uh, messy in-between spot. Are you done, Michael? Yeah, that was my that, – that's my general take okay. on the game. Um, so, this is a moderating. Um, Tyree, what would you say uh, – what was the what, what was the thing that 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 you liked the best today, Tyree, and what frustrated you the most about today's game, Ray? I think the biggest takeaway that you know, as far as Nebraska's you know success and being able to take something away from it, you know, is is you know they they did do um, you know from the passing game perspective, you know, we we didn't see a lot of interceptions, you know, and and them are always game killers, right? You know, when you you throw in the football a lot. Um, you know, like Nebraska tends to do as of recently, you know, you, you got to make sure that you, you know, hold on in to, to those possessions and not throwing picks. Um, it's always good to see, um, you know, he still was hurt a lot, but we didn't actually throw picks. Um, so, you know, I, I like that. I think, you know, the defensive line, you know, was able to get pressure. That always makes the game a lot easier, you know, when you can, you know, get pressure on the quarterback and you don't have all day to sit back there and pick you apart. Because I felt like, you know, I was scheme, you know, that, uh, you know, Michael had touched on where, you know, they had some big tight ends that, you know, we didn't have good matchups for. Um, that could have been ugly. <laughs> you know, if you gave that quarterback more time to find those tight ends. Right. I don't, think, I don't think we had a whole lot of answers for that if they'd, have, you know, put put some runs together, um, you know, like that. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, so that, that's as far as good things, you know, uh, as far as, you know, what we did against Iowa. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously, you know, getting turnovers, you know, forcing them into stupid penalties, you know, they had a lot of false starts. They had, you know, I don't know what the heck was going on with that, that punt play, uh, you know, where he like tried to jump over the guy or something, you know, <laughs> like, I, don't want, I don't understand that was even necessary. Like, you know, like, like, I guess, you know, maybe he was young or something. I don't know much about you know, the guy was teams, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of, you know. You know, so it's good to see because normally Nebraska is in that route, right? We're the ones, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot. We're the ones, you know, making a stupid mental issue, you know, <laughs> mental mistakes and those kind of things. So that was good to see. You know, the disappointing thing, I think everybody kind of, you know, who watched the game was the second half. The second half was pretty, you know, we got the early score and then we kind of just fell off, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. we're, it, it turned into kind of a nail-biter at the end where, you know, I just don't really feel like Iowa put together – enough of a football game to where it should have been kind of a nail biter at the end. Like I felt like we really should have, you know, been able to, been able to, you know, take that one, you know, away, away a lot earlier than that. And, you know, had our second stringers in there, you know, come all fourth quarter and, you know, that kind of thing where, you know, we just haven't been able to put together that kind of thing yet. So, um, you know, that was the issue. Um, and, you know, I still think, you know, obviously we have a, a lot to go with our offensive line still. You know, they still were able to get, you know, get pressure to, to Casey. And, you know, that's always going to lead to, to bad things if, you know, the game was, you know, in a in a little bit closer or more of a competitive situation. Okay. What, what about you, Mike? Mike? Your biggest um, – your, big, your biggest your, – your, uh, your, the, the, like what you like the best and your biggest frustration. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Um, one of the best things I like is uh, we have some young stars, and uh, I feel like uh, Ernest Hausman is going to be uh, sooner oh, yeah. rather than later. Oh yeah, uh, he's going he's gonna to be a uh, All Big Ten player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a uh, he's a different level talent, 
And what I've taken away more this season, what I've seen on a lot of seasons is I've, I've seen players get better at their positions. Um, I feel like uh, um, the player development and the next man up mentality where I feel like we've, we've got some depth and uh, you know, that was uh, something that I really enjoyed. Um, You know, I, I just got to keep going back to it. Uh, what I what I didn't enjoy is the offensive line was not able to to get a push in the run game. Um, our running backs, our run game was in general bad. I mean, that was a uh, it was a very inept. It was it was just it, it it looked bad. Our running backs were getting contact in the backfield. I mean, I did like uh, when I saw her. Ramir Johnson come in that he was very active and he went straight up the field. And I think uh, Anthony Grant, uh, if he would have just kind of uh, embraced the contact a little bit more earlier in the game instead of trying to do so many cutbacks, mm-hmm. then there would be a few more creases for a few more two, three yards at a time instead of negative yards trying to cut back. I think I think really at this point in time uh, with this offensive line and what the, the scheme is, we just need to – keep things from going negative. We need to go – well, they needed to. This season's done with. But do, do, I think, they, think that, they, was that he was Grant? decisive and went, went for the hole. That's all we can get right now. Go, go ahead, Rick. Do you think Grant you – know, you, you had made a good point with Grant and, you know, why he wasn't able to get much production this game. Do, do you think that those, those runs that Grant was doing, do you think they were designed to go up the middle and he decided to pop out? Or do you think they were, you know – uh, supposed to go, go the way he took them. I I think he I think the with the lack of blocking there was a little bit of nothing there. There's maybe a crease for about a yard or two, mm-hmm. and he was I think he's still in that kind of junior college mentality, okay. smaller school mentality, where you can beat a a less disciplined team. Uh, by taking bouncing into the outside because our defense at times has been less disciplined and I think he practices against a less disciplined team where we're not as uh, competent on the backside. So I think he's has a undue uh, level of confidence that he can bounce things out because mm. when you're playing versus a lesser level of co- uh, team and opponent, yeah, some of those cutback lanes are available because people aren't as disciplined. Iowa had a disciplined defense in the run game. And that was, that was very, that was very evident. And uh, there, there weren't those lanes. It just wasn't there. You, you're going to have to, to win real games like this versus, you know, big boy, uh, big 10 football teams. You're going to have to be able to punch somebody in the face and, and push them down. You're not going to win with the fancy stuff. Do you think there was a good strategy by Iowa to kind of focus on the run, considering that, you know, Nebraska's kind of a passing team? I mean, they gave up damn near 300 yards in the passing game. I mean, you know, what, what do you think their thoughts were behind that? I think I think uh, Iowa and the rest of the Big Ten knows Nebraska often defeats Nebraska. Mm. So it's, it's a lot less of a threat. Um, of allowing a team to run the ball down your throat um, and milk the clock and get first downs and, and kill you that way versus uh, maybe we'll take our shots and maybe we can get a pick or two. 
in the passing game. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot. I mean, you might be right because you know I, I just keep kind of wondering the logic behind you know teams like Iowa who kind of you know put you know seven eight men in the box and then hiked up and then you know on, on defense against Nebraska. Knowing we got Trey Palmer, who's I think a phenomenal talent and it's clearly shown damn near every game. Well, not every game. Last two games a little iffy, but you know has shown a lot of games this year where. He can pick up, he can pick up a lot of receptions and a lot of yards on you if you ain't paying attention. Well, I think if you're paying attention or not, uh, we we just have to say that um, he's less of a threat when we don't have that underneath. Uh, we don't have any play action uh, to go off of because you have to have a run game to run play action. So he is less of a threat than what he really is because he's an awesome threat. But since we are so inept at, you know, just getting basic run plays going, um, people are able to focus on him more than they should reasonably, in my opinion. I think he's a lot better player than even what showed this year. Mm. So he had nine receptions, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. I yeah. Mean, when you look at that stat, it, you kind of said he's less of a threat. I can't imagine what more of a threat he could possibly be. I mean, he was, he was, I mean, but we had, um, what was it? Uh, uh, we had Martin running free and, um, um, uh, uh, Thompson threw it under. We had, mm-hmm. we had a lot of plays that, and I was listening to the post game uh, interview and Casey Thompson said he could probably, Thought he could throw for three fifty to five hundred versus them. Mm-hmm. So we got we got a little bit too conservative, and the game got away from us in that way. But I can understand why Mickey coached the game the way that he did, because Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, way too often this season has not given the defense a chance to breathe, and I think. The defense getting the the couple stops that they did at the end of the game is a testament toward that that choice that he made. With the players and the personnel that we have, that limits the choices that we have. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, thanks for uh, taking over the podcast. I mean, I haven't heard my voice in six minutes. No, but no, I'm not bitter. It's cool. It's cool. You know me, y'all. I'm just you sound you sound a little bitter, but that's okay. Nah, you know me, guys. I'm just a little, I'm, I'm just a little pissed off. Is it, is so, it sweet yeah. and sour or just sour? This is sour. I ain't gonna lie to you, motherfucker. It's sour. You motherfuckers need to get in line, okay? This is my podcast, okay? I run this ship. I'm the captain. I'm the sergeant, and I'm the quarterback. Y'all follow right, me. So what are your thoughts? How, how do you feel like uh, yeah, well, we yeah, can what you improve about? going forward? Do you I don't feel like Mark about, Whipple, I don't want to talk about is, my thoughts. If there is a staff, will come come forward with this team. I don't want to talk about my thoughts because you guys just totally ruined it. So thank you. So we'll move on. And I'm not bitter. So um, <laughs> I'm not bitter. These mother. Okay. Anyways, um, so let's 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 transition into this. Uh, my 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 brothers. Now, the reports are saying it's Mr. Rule. It's, it's the next coach supposed to be coming here. That's who they are in Nebraska. Okay, Tyree, don't cut me off. And because <laughs> I know he's at, he's licking his lips right now. And my question to you two guys is: 
are you content with the hire? Are you, oh, we'll give him a chance. Or are you definitely not? Is he definitely not? Or is he, yeah, I'm excited about this. You know, we're going to, you know, I think we're headed to the right path with, with that hire. Um, and the second part of that question is, if not rule, and I think all the candidates you heard, who would you guys pick? Any one of you guys can go first. So, I went first last time, so I'll let you go first this time. All right. Uh, what I can say is um, the players love Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. They, would, they would walk over burning hot glass for him. Uh, every time I hear a player talk about Mickey Joseph, they're inspired and they love this man. So that being said, whoever they, whatever choice they make, if Mickey's not involved, I think it's a mistake. So if it's Matt Rule, Matt Rule can't get along with having Mickey on the staff, then it's probably a mistake. If it is uh, Lance Leopold with Kansas or um, – I'm actually uh, a a big – a big fan of the uh, uh, Kansas State's head coach. Uh, um, so, Kleiman. yeah, yeah, Chris Kleiman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the kind of football and the toughness that they play, and uh, I, I think he has more Nebraska ties. He was at North Dakota State. North Dakota State was, you know, brought to some prominence by you know Frank Solich being up there. He coached underneath Solich for a while. And so is coach of a different kind of Nebraska football. So I would – I don't know that a, a Matt Rule and a, you know, running – in a Big 12 style of offense or Big 12 style of football, I think it would take him some time to get into the uh, the in-between-the-numbers kind of game that the Big 10 is. So – I think that uh, I would be I would be happy. I wouldn't be disappointed. I think it'd be a, a good pick. But if uh, Mickey Joseph ain't on the staff, I think uh, the administration made a big mistake. Mm, that's, that's, what exactly I, that's what I believe. Very interesting. What about you, Reed? So there's a couple of things. <clears throat> um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about Matt Rule first. You know, there's a couple of things Tyree about Ford. him. Hey, wait, Tyler, I have to cut you off, man, but let me, I got to warn Michael. Michael, get ready for a ride. Go ahead, Ray. <laughs> Go ahead, Ray. I'm, I'm going to be calm and collective. So, there's, there's a couple of things about Matt Rule that, uh, that are concerning for me. Uh-huh. One, you know, you have that contract, right? You know, I think you still owe like $40 million by the Panthers. Okay. And, and I don't know if NFL works a lot like college though because when you fire a college coach you still owe them that money unless they get a new job right Mm -hmm. i'm assuming nfl is going to be the same way right carolina panthers still owe matt rule 40 million dollars unless he goes to work somewhere else you know um and if that's the case the only thing that makes sense for matt rule to come to nebraska is if nebraska is going to pay him that forty million dollars instead of the Carolina Panthers. His his contract was eight point eight million dollars a year. So that's more than we was paying Scott Frost, I do believe. Yeah. And 
he would get eight point eight million dollars if he sat at home and watched the game on TV. Mm-hmm. So to get him to come out of his house <laughs> and and come and coach, you have to, I'd have to imagine you have to pay him over eight million dollars a year or almost over nine million dollars a year. So if Nebraska's entertaining that kind of thought, I think it's a huge mistake. Just from a financial perspective. Okay. Um so that's my first take on it. My second take on it is the man just got fired a month and a half ago. Right. From his job. Mm-hmm. Uh and where he was, you know, I think five and ten the first year he was there, five and twelve or something like that the second year, five and eleven, five and ten. And this year he got fired about, you know, a third of the way through the season, he was one and four. Mm-hmm. His first year in Carolina, he lost like eleven games straight. Like it was, it was something ridiculous. Like he just, like he got a couple good wins and they lost everything else. So, you know, he hasn't shown a lot of success recently. You know, a lot of people bring up, oh, what well, he did great things at Baylor. I, I think if you look at the Big Twelve at the time, the Matt Rule was at Baylor doing good things. The Big 12 is really soft. Um, I think the Big 12 still is kind of soft. Um, you know, I, I think that they, they, they've realized that the Big the Big 12 is soft, and that's kind of why, you know, they haven't made it to the playoffs and nobody's really considered them for any top five seats. And, you know, they're, you know, other than Oklahoma, I'm just going to be honest with you, the Big 12 is kind of, eh, <laughs> you know. So I, I don't I don't that doesn't gain a lot of respect for me at least personally to say that you know he's went to you know have some good things with the class because all those great years he had at Temple and all those great years he had at Baylor you know when he gets to these you know accolades and then you know me if I think the Big Twelve is soft I have to look at what he's done when he hasn't played Big Twelve teams which typically means what he do when he went to the ball game and all those big years that he had you know these. 10, 11 win seasons, they went to the bowl games and they lost. Which, again, just kind of reaffirms me that you weren't playing against nobody good. So you was getting a lot of wins in a in a kind of a soft conference. And, you know, when it came to games you actually had to play competition in, you know, you lost. Now, I know he beat Penn State one of the years in a bowl game, which I think is his, like, only bowl win the whole time he's been in the NCAA. But, uh, I, I don't think he's – here's what I was looking for Nebraska, right? Nebraska needs to get back to where I, – I think Nebraska's two coaching hires away from getting back to glory. And and what I mean by that is I think Nebraska needed kind of a, a segue coach, right? We need a coach that can get us back to the eight, nine, ten win a year type seasons, right? We're going to bowl games every year. You know, we're playing respectable football. We're beating the teams we're supposed to be beating. We're giving – you know, we're, we're given great competition in the games that we lose, right? I'm not expecting Nebraska to be conference champions next year or the year after that or the year after that, right? You know, I don't think we're ready for that. Um, and then uh, you get that coach that can get you eight, nine, ten wins a year. And then when his contract is up, you know, we need to kind of loose on the firing of coaches too. Let their contract expire. Or don't don't extend them during halfway through they you know through their tenure, um, so that way you don't have to fire them because they would just naturally expire. Then you look at bring in the big name because I don't think, and I think that's why our candidate pool was kind of so. I think that's how we end up with Matt Rule. 
I don't think a lot of people want it to come to Nebraska. Mm. Personally, mm. I don't think if, if you're a top 20 coach, you ain't looking at Nebraska if there's other options out there. Mm. Good point. Good you know, point. So like the Urban Myers or the, the dude from Wisconsin who just got fired, like, why would you want to come to Nebraska? Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think you'd want to. So I think you need an interim coach, you know, to get you back to, you know, respectable status before you can then become appealing to a top-tier coach. And I just don't feel like there's nothing about Matt Rule, on paper at least, that says, you know, he's he's a great pick for Nebraska. And I also heard that he has issues with recruiting. I heard he doesn't like to spend time recruiting. He doesn't go see recruits. He won't fly to, you know, go sit in their homes and shake their hands. He's not a recruiter. He refuses <clears throat> to do it. Maybe that plays well with keeping Mickey on staff. Since Mickey's kind of with his recruiting background, maybe he can fill that void that Matt Rule can't. But, you know, I feel like if you're a four-star, five-star, you're good talking to Mickey, but I don't want to talk to the coach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, too? I feel like I'd want to talk to the coach. So I don't know how it's going to work. And Nebraska needs recruits bad. <laughs> That's, that's that's actually actually Terry. You, you, you hear something that kind of struck a chord with me, man. Um, how I see it is um, during this season, you know, after Frost was fired, I seen Nebraska do some things better when Mickey Joseph was the interim coach. Like the defense has gotten strides better. I mean, defense has gotten like 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 a lot of strides better. Um, the offense, the offensive line is some. It's just too inconsistent, and also, you know, we all know because of they just don't block. But the um, defense was good last year, wasn't they? They were, they were okay, but they were okay. To, I mean, okay. they were in the top, top fifty. You know, talk about at the nation, so they were okay. They weren't bad, but they didn't get stops when they needed to last year. And, and you know, when they that's why they got so many one loss scores because they didn't get stops when they needed to. You know what I'm saying, Reed? Like they didn't get them. Like, mm-hmm. they'll get stops in the first, second, you know, and third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, they just can't get any stops. You got to get off the field sometimes, and they struggled with that last year defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they call those timely stops. That's what I mean. Like, they don't, you know, they just – I don't know. But to get back to what I was saying, though, is with, um like, with Mickey Joseph, I've seen, like, wow, Nebraska, they've gotten better. Now, now it may not look that way on paper because – of the losses, of course, they done lost like five or six straight, I think. But I've seen I've seen more discipline with Mickey Joseph. I've seen I've seen more um what was it? They 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 got a little bit more poise, not much, but like they lost to Wisconsin last week by one point. They should have won that game, you know. And I just seen some things I think that I want to build on with Mickey already being there, as mm-hmm. opposed to going outside. And hiring somebody else and causing more turnover for the program. See, that's why more. That's why more about anything. And looking at Matt Rule, because you know Tyree, I told you when you told me his record. You know, I looked him up and everything. They say he's really good at getting size and speed to universities. You know, to help turn the offense around and and defensively. They're saying that he got that he got some real good, um, a real good strength. Like his teams get very are very physical. That's what they're saying. And that's what Nebraska needs, of course. But it depends for me, it depends on what is your goal for Nebraska? 
is it just like I asked you just before, is it just to win mm-hmm. a bunch of games or are we trying to get back into title contention and everything else? And I do know it's not going to happen by tomorrow or overnight or next year. I'm not saying that. So to me, it's for, you know what I'm saying? It's about where is your program's goals and what time frame are you going to put on them goals? That's so, and I'm going to be honest with y'all, man. I don't think Matt rules the answer. I just don't. I want somebody that is coaching Nebraska to know the Big Ten. I want them to know the Big Ten, you know, how to defend them. Okay, um, how to, you know, how to defend Wisconsin, how to defend Iowa, how to, you know, keep the game close with Ohio State, you know, saying somehow, some way beat Michigan or Penn State. That's the coach I want, you know. And like Tyree said, man, I'm not, if he did this at Baylor and at Temple, well, those conferences ain't nothing like the Big Ten. So it's really hard to say, okay, I'm really excited about Matt Rule being the prime candidate. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm just being too pessimistic. That's why when I, when I heard about this today and Tyree showed me that thing um, earlier, no, Mike, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not confident into him coaching Nebraska. You know what I'm saying, Mike? I, maybe it's just me, Michael. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not confident. Um I've listened to almost all of Mickey Joseph's press conferences. I've listened to almost all the the players um, when they've had time uh, of the coordinators. I've listened to Bill Bush. I've listened to Mark Whipple. Still not confident on Whipple. Um, I don't don't know who is. (laughs) I feel like Whipple, I think it's pretty clear we can't hold a pocket. We need to move the pocket around. He's put him, you know, in too many drop back situations. We need to move the pocket around, give him more time. But what I will say is I'm confident that I've seen that despite adversity, we haven't had a big drop off in our play on defense. We've lost a lot of very good players. Um, um, uh, you know, Luke Reimer was out, you know. We had a lot of players who are linchpins on our defense that have came, went down on injury. But it's that next man up mentality. But next man up mentality doesn't mean anything if you don't coach up the players underneath them so that they're capable. And yeah, I, saw, I saw capable <laughs> replacements in this game. I saw capable replacements last game. We just didn't put it all together last game. You know, we are a few seconds away from putting it all together. But what I did see this game is capable replacements. I saw players who were the second or third string player who came in and they were matched up versus a pretty inept big Big Ten offense. But it's a Big Ten offense. And- Right. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Um it seemed that Michael was seeing. I'm here. Bullshit. I'm here. Oh, I'm here. And so I'm yeah. saying that uh the the uh the teams uh that uh what I've seen is capable replacements for Nebraska. You know, our backups, our second, our third string players have played to, at a high level and that they've not been a huge drop off. And I feel like that's a huge improvement over the frost era. That is 
knowable information. When Luke Reimer went out and Gifford been out, we've had uh, we have a loss in the secondary. Um, we had so, players wait, get so, it. Let me ask you Louis, something. Leave the, in this season, and their replacements haven't been a huge drop off. Of course, there was at quarterback, but you know it is what it is. You know you you can't um, you can't fix that. It seems like uh, uh, Logan Smoothers was injured because obviously I, I feel like he he played better than Purdy, but it seemed like he had some kind of injury issue that allowed him not to uh, to take uh, take that uh, number two start spot from Purdy because Purdy looked. Pretty inept. What you gonna say, Ray? I mean, I mean, am, am I tripping y'all? Because y'all keep talking about the defense and y'all, how y'all how y'all like the defense. I'm not knocking the defense, but you know, if you look at this game, you know, the defense let let Iowa get back into the game. Now they ended up shutting the door on them eventually, but you <clears> know, the defense let Iowa get back in the game. The defense let Wisconsin beat us. The defense let Minnesota beat us. Like, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, these, I don't think the defense let losses. them beat them. I think you're, I think you're incorrect in that statement. I think the offense not being able to get first downs, running the ball, is what lost the game. The defense, I, the defense will in every game. The defense is going to lose some drives, and when the offense consistently cannot push the ball and get four, three yards at a time at the end of the game versus another team, you can't win a lot of big 10 games. The offense has been inept in the fourth quarter, late in the third quarter of getting consistent push on the line. Go ahead, Rick. I, I don't disagree that the offense has to, has to move the ball and continue to score. I guess the question then becomes how many points does the offense have to put up to win? It, it, it's, it's not about scoring. It's about can you run the ball? quarter can you get enough can you get a first down or two because I, I don't think can we get how many with, first with downs can we get up. say just like the last four or five games close games like in the fourth quarter how many running first downs have we got when it mattered I think you could probably count it on one hand I agree the offensive line is terrible and I think that all comes back to the offensive line you know, so if I had to name one so. thing that that's Nebraska's fault at, like Nebraska will never be successful until they fix this. I'm going to tell you it's offensive line. <laughs> I mean, the number one issue with Nebraska is their offensive line is is terrible. Okay. So I, I agree with you. They're not going to get, you know, we're not going to become greatness. We're not going to be able to run the football. We're not going to be able to close out teams in the clutch. Until they can figure out how to block, whether that's well, run gotta, blocking or pass blocking, they just need to figure it out. Okay, that 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 I'm so glad you guys both said that, man. Also, this is like a very interesting podcast. This really is, man. Um, here's the thing: I want to ask y'all something. This then, let's go back. Let's, let's take it back a little bit. What Scott Frost was the head coach, man. Okay. Now, me and Tyree talked about this last night because me and Tyree we didn't have some in-depth conversations about this, man. So, Mike. So we'll go with Mike first, Reed, because we had this conversation before. So, Mike, is it the four or five seasons Scott Frost has been there? Do you think it's a talent issue why the offensive line struggles? You think it's a coaching issue why the offensive line struggles? You think it's both, or because 
which and also would you give you know Donovan Rayola a pass this year because he came from Chicago Bears to coach the offensive line, and it's not you know. So what what do you think, Mike? Because me and Tyree, we we had a like a great discussion about this the past couple of nights, man. I think it's a player development issue. I think we're able to get recruits. We're gonna get recruits just like everybody else, but are we making these recruits better? It's hard to judge Donovan Raiola in one year. This isn't a very good group. There, our seniors are not performing like sophomore. Our talent is not progressing in the way that uh, you would expect a fourth or a fifth year player. We don't have a lot of seniors on our team in general. So it has to be that we need further depth and we need further progress. So I think it is coaching. First of all, we've gotten talented players in, but they haven't gotten a lot better. So I'm saying it's all coaching. It's not talent. It's not just talent. It's mostly coaching because we haven't been, the coaches haven't been able to keep the players and they haven't been able to make them significantly better. But Michael, if I mean, if you give a man, shit, are we talking about, are we talking about offensive line? Or are we talking about something different? No, we're talking about offensive line. line under Scott. Frost. Oh, I'm talking about in general, but the offensive yeah, line I, in I particular. Feel, I, feel like I think we've got a good athletes per se in the rankings on the offensive line, but we have not. I have not seen the progression of them to elite players. So go ahead, Reed. I mean, we had the same conversation last night, and we kind of came to the same conclusion. You know, I feel like the offensive line position isn't a very highly skilled position. You know, it's, it's, it's not a skilled a skills position. It's a coaching and technique position. And I don't feel like Nebraska's coaching staff has done anything to improve that offensive line techniques abilities or confidence with with over the la- over the tenure under Scott Frost it's been terrible the whole damn time <laughs> right they it's not just this year i'm not disagreeing it's not this year it's not last year it's not it's this whole time Scott Frost and i don't know if it's because they have like the the no contact practices I wow the problem is wow i'm gonna so tell you right now yeah, I, that was – yeah. But, you know, I don't know what's going on there, but I agree. You have to be able to develop your players. And I feel like there has been no player development on Nebraska at all in any position, to tell you the truth. Well, can I can I give an example, Mo? No, yeah. no, you may not. Um, yeah, no, I'm here. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm messing around. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Meta Eva Clemens in his post game interview said, I wish I had another year. I could play. I would love to play another year for Coach Joseph. Mm-hmm. Right. Players can feel and see the, the difference in development under this man. Mm. So, there is, we were, we had such high attrition because people, the players didn't believe in the system and they didn't feel like you're getting better and they didn't feel you can tell how are we playing and how are the team against us playing 
they can see it. You can you can believe all the, the things you believe in your locker room. Okay, I'm doing better than you know all these people I see every day. But are you doing better than the people you see on Saturday? Okay, so ask, ask me this. So thing. I feel like they understand these players ain't dumb, and there's a transportable portal out there. They're not going to stay somewhere where they don't feel they're getting better. Agree with that. How did we get here, though? So Scott Frost was somewhat of a successful coach before he got to Nebraska. You know, he was on teams that, I guess, got better, right? You know, we kind of all hear the Cinderella story of UCF. Did he yeah. do something different when he got to Nebraska that he ain't never done before? Had What do you guys think? Did he – what he had implemented in other programs or what he had been a part of in other programs just didn't translate to the Big Ten or didn't translate to, you know, the Power Five? Like, wh- where do you think it fell apart? And why don't you think Scott Frost was successful at Nebraska? Oh, you, let me do this, Mike. Back up home. Go ahead. I go ahead. I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay, there are three things why I think Kyrie he failed in the Big Ten. Um, well, actually, four. Let's let's um, let's the very first one. So before, you, before like, you start, you said the Big Ten. So you think he would be successful in a different conference? Yes, uh, and okay. I'll tell you why. But right. let's, but the number one the number one issue is his social problems with the program, as far as always boning all these women, cheating on his wife, um, not calling recruits coming to practice late, being hungover, and stuff like that. First of all, that is a very horrible example to set for you, for uh, young young men that you're trying to turn into men. Is that a cause that, or effect, that, do you think? That, that That's a – I would say that's an effect of him, you know, Tyreek, because when you see that, it's subconscious to see, well, damn, our coach ain't coming on time. He's, he's, coming, he's coming to work hungover. You know, that's probably why, you know, as you guys were saying, that there was no player development because – you at least got to come on time at the very least to work. And Nebraska is a program, especially in the football program, where it's very hands-on as a head coach. Tom, Tom Osborne was very hands-on when he was here. And that's why it was so successful. Like, But did, did yo, he start that way? So was Scott Frost that way the whole time? Or did he get like that because he wasn't able to bring success to the program? No, no I think he got that way, Tyree, because he's home. He's familiar with the settings. Mm. Okay. I did so well at UCF. I know I could do it here at Nebraska. So, I'm going to be on my high horse, and they're not going to fire me. I'm, you know, I'm one of their own, so they're not mm-hmm. going to fire me. And um, and so after I did for UCF, I'm, he's feeling himself too much. I really think he was feeling himself too much. Hopefully, the Big Ten will adjust to us. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Boy, they adjusted, and they and they adjusted quite well to Nebraska. Okay, that that was the first one. It's just him as a. He was a horrible role model. That, that's, the, that's, one, that's one reason. The second reason is that fool came to the Big Ten not even knowing the region anymore. He, doesn't, he didn't even know the region anymore. He really mm. thought, you know, this was Nebraska in the 90s, and he just knew who was where and, you know, what was what. And, you know, I you know, I know this. When he got here, he didn't realize, well, damn. Like, like <laughs> the coverage really bare. But I'm Scott Frost. I can fix this. You know, we were bare, you know, you know, at UCF. I'm cool. Well, Nebraska's not UCF. Ne- Nebraska's in the Big Ten. That, that's mm-hmm. another. The third thing is, Ray, I, and, and this is the one that people is so underrated about Scott Frost is his attrition. Like Mike said, he had so many transfers every in, you know, like great players 
or really good players were just transferring. You know, just you know, and it kept happening, kept transferring, kept transferring, kept transferring. And you you seen that last year, you know, like like Nebraska, you know, Nebraska's offense was so inconsistent last year because of the offensive line, and they were, hey, if we can't get a big play, we're not scoring. And like Mike was saying, you got to be able to methodically move yourself down the field. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just some times where you just don't need to score quick. And like Nebraska had that problem tonight against Iowa where they're trying to run the ball out and they, <laughs> in some house, some way, they couldn't do it and they had to get the ball back to Iowa and depend, defend on, and depend on their defense to win the game for them, which is a very, very scary situation this year. It's <laughs> very, very – that's not – you don't want Nebraska's defense on the field in the fourth quarter. Trust me. And I honestly believe, man, that the Big Ten exposed Scott Frost. I think mm-hmm. he was exposed. I, tell you, I, I really believe that, that all that UCF stuff, he caught lightning in the bottle, and he maxed out that year he went undefeated at UCF. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe that. I am not going to hear – y'all know I love Scott Frost, but I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and say, yeah, he, I think the Big Ten exposed him. He was exposed. And I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't I would not give him a second shot at a job. Anywhere, especially not in the power five. Um, hmm. I know I'm forgetting some things, but I mean whoever wants to go next can can go next, man. I asked a question. I want you to hear what y'all got to say. Oh, All right. Ahead. Well, ahead. what I will say is in this I agree with you in the Scott Frost era. Uh he thought the conference would adjust us. Like I said, um, I've listened to a lot of uh, what Mickey has to say and what the current coaching cast staff has to say. You know, the Big Twelve, the SEC, you got to defend the whole field. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta watch the all the. But in the Big Ten, you gotta, you gotta play in the hashes. And I don't think Nebraska has embraced that. You've got to embrace that you're gonna get a lot of contact. You're gonna have to push people around inside the hash marks. And if you can't win inside the hash marks, you really don't need to play in the Big Ten. You have to say that Scott Frost was arrogant and did not embrace that you're going to have to be extremely tough and extremely disciplined to win in this league. Cutesy ain't going to win it. Cutesy can get you a play here and there, but too much of this cutesy stuff will lead to errors. Big plays are the same are in the same vein as big mistakes. They're not very far away. Every big play is in a lot of sense almost a big mistake. So you got to take chances to get these big plays. So you have to be able to at the end of the day say yes, we can get you on the big play, but when we need to, we can grind down on you and we can push you and push you and push you until you don't have the strength to keep pushing back versus our push. And uh, Nebraska never got to that. We we do not wear down teams the way old Nebraska teams wore down teams because we were just tough inside of the hashes. So that is that's the, the crux of this rod fast error it was yes you can we're going to get some teams on the big play over the top here and there we have the talent to do that 
but do we have the talent and we develop the ability to grind teams down, to physically grind them down, to impose our will on them? If you can't impose your will on somebody, you ain't going to win in the Big Ten. Yes. But Tyree, I got a question for you then, Ray. Mm. Um, how much do you think of Nebraska's downfall? And I want you to give me a percentage, okay? Okay, Ray? Okay. All right. How much of a percentage do you think Nebraska changing conferences um, would affect them where Nebraska is right now? I don't, I don't think so in the long term, right? I think obviously changing conferences and playing different teams and not knowing how the conference typically plays has definitely an effect. But at some point in time, you got to say, well, it's been a decade. We should have got used to it by now, right? You know what I'm saying? We had, we had to figure it out. <laughs> you know, okay. I, I find okay. it interesting that you guys think the Big Ten is, you know, a between the hash type football game because traditionally Ohio State, who's pretty much our, our conference, you know, mascot, doesn't play that kind of football. You know, mm-hmm. Ohio, Ohio State's an aired out kind of team. You know, they get three full hundred yards in the air. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me that you guys think the Big Ten is a grinded out, you know, a, you know, Iowa, Minnesota type football conference. But the people who typically come out ahead on it can throw the football. You know, the Michigans and the Ohio States, um, they tend to air it out. You know, Penn State kind of being the difference, you know, they tend to like to grind the football. But, you know. You know, Ohio State, they throw. They, they throw, always have but thrown. They're, they're, they're very proficient at running the ball. Urban Myers, Ryan Day, that was their calling card was they were almost 50% all the time in running and passing the ball. That was what they love at Ohio State. They love getting 50-50 on their running and passing game. That's yeah, what I, they I agree. Want. Back when Urban Meyer was there, that was definitely what they did. But that, that was the me. goal. Can I don't think that's 50, their goal 50. today. Yeah, they air it out a lot. They I mean, air it out a know, lot. They but... get less than 100 yards on the ground most of the time, and they get, you know, 300 yards in the air. But at the end of the game, can they get five yards per run at, in the fourth quarter? I think so. They probably could, but I, they'd probably air it out. <laughs> you know what I'm I just think, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I agree with you, right? I think the Big Ten traditionally is a grindy gridiron between the hash, running between my, my big offensive line type of teams that you and that's why a lot of people say Big Ten football is boring, is because that's the kind of football that they, you know, they traditionally play. But the people that have had success you know, even back when Wisconsin, you know, they were always a 50-50 kind of team, but you know, even, you know, the teams that have had great success coming out of the Big Ten have had to throw the football. Um, so it's it's interesting that you guys say that because I think Scott Frost was trying to bring more of the modern football style to Nebraska. And, you know, just to hear people say that's not going to win in the Big Ten, but then when I look at Ohio State, that's exactly what they're doing. You know, you look at Michigan State's success this year, it's because they, they've had success throwing the football where they traditionally have not. I, I, I don't see that because Michigan Michigan beat us, grinding us down, throwing the football. They could not throw the ball on Nebraska. I, I just don't – I don't agree with that one. I agree that when necessary, when you're playing inept secondaries, yeah, they're going to throw the ball. But in general, to have clock management, to – 
to win games the way that you need to in this league, you have to be you have to have strongly in your wheelhouse the proficiency to run the football. And we don't. We don't. Yeah. We just don't. We don't have that. Yeah, well, because, sorry, because like tonight, man, they could not run the ball. Uh, Wisconsin, they cannot run the ball. Minnesota, they cannot run the ball. <laughs> you, 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 you see the pattern with this, Reed? Like, they just, like, because they can't block, like you always say, Reed. I know you, you know, we hate the offensive line. But, Tyree, when it comes down to it, in the fourth quarter, Tyree, Nebraska can't get three yards. They can't, they can't even have, Tyree, over the past three games, they said, they have averaged almost three yards per rush. You're not going to win many games averaging three yards per rush. I mean, I don't care who you play. You know what I'm saying? You got a rebuttal, Reed, or? Ohio State does it. But yeah, I'm gonna pull it up right now, but I, I'm, I'm gonna almost guarantee you, Iowa State does not average three yards a rush. I don't know what they average. I'm saying they, I, Ohio State, unless you know, and here, here's what I do I look at a team schedule and I go to box score and I look at, I don't care what they did against the Rutgers, right? Who cares about that game? You know, Ohio State playing the Rutgers, it's gonna be a blowout in every single stat possible. I look at the teams that they played where they actually have some competition. So I'm looking at like the Penn State game, you know, mm-hmm. 44 to 31. Okay, you know, they had they had to do something in that game in order to get a W, right? So I go to the box score in that game. Ohio State had 354 yards in the air. They had 98 yards on the ground. I mean, what you want me to say? They they aired it out on them. They was throwing it, you know. They averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Okay. I mean, they're not, you know, so that, that's against Penn State. You can go to the Notre Dame game. <clears throat> um, I think they did more running in this game. It was the first game of the season, so, you know. They still had 233 yards in the air. They had 172 on the ground, you know. But, so, but they still threw a lot of footballs. Yeah. I mean, they had 34 passing attempts. <laughs> they threw the ball a lot. You know, they're not a running team if you're throwing the ball 30, 40 times in the air. But, Ree, but, Ree, they can, but when they need five, six yards, Michael, you know, they can't get it, though, with, with Ohio State. Ohio Nebraska State don't need five or six yards at the end of the game because they up by 20. They up by 30. But what we're saying is, Tyree, if they did need it, Ohio State would be able to do it. As I, I, don't, to- I don't know that to be true or not. All I can say yeah, is that typically Ohio State, if you, even if you watch them play in their playoff games, they are throwing it. When it comes time to get points, they are – Throwing it, right? They're not Reed. running it, right? Now, Reed, it, what you're trying to say is, can they? Right? No, 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 no. What we're saying what is, saying. no, no. What we're saying is, Tyree, if Ohio State says, you know what, we're going to have to rush for 150 yards to win this game because you know, what I'm saying they can do it, as opposed to Nebraska. Nebraska, <laughs> if it, we need to run 50 yards for this game for us to be successful, Nebraska couldn't get 50 yards. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with Nebraska couldn't, but when, what I'm disagreeing with is your guys' perception of the Big Ten. Because when you guys said, you know, to play Big Ten football, you have to be able to run it between the hashes. Okay. And what I'm trying to say, or what I'm trying to rebuttal with is Ohio State isn't that football team. They're not your traditional Minnesota, I, your Iowa. You know, they don't they don't line up and, and you know, have two and 300-yard rushing games. They don't. They have, You're right. They have three and four hundred yard passing games. <laughs> you right. know that that's their right. difference. So 
is Ohio State just a fluke, and that's why they're kind of like in a league of their own in this conference? Um, or is the Big Ten maybe not as run between the houses as we'd like to think it is anymore? Well, I, I tell you, you got to remember, Ohio State got four and five stars up and down on that roster. Okay, so you know, what I'm saying so, are, like, are they the unicorn? You know, so I'm, I'm completely. If you say, hey, man, Ohio State's their own thing, right? They're, they're top five team every year. They're the, you know, they're the Alabama, the Big Ten. You know, they, they can do what they want, right? You know, but traditionally, all of us meager people have to play a different kind of football than Ohio State does. Right, Rick. I, I I'm, think I'm looking at I, I'm looking at the game last week versus Maryland. Did you Ohio cut me State off? Threw, Ohio State threw for 241 yards. They ran for 161 yards. I'm not going to say that 161 yards running the ball is not proficient. It was Maryland. So <laughs> Maryland, <laughs> Maryland. Is, <laughs> I'll, I'll, Maryland is probably the fourth best team in the Big Ten. If Maryland was in the West, they'd win the West without a doubt. Um, so let's not say Maryland. I would I would put money on it that Maryland, this Maryland team on the field right now, would win the West. You're talking about the six and five Maryland is three and five in conference play. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying they would win the West. Uh, yes. Oh, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Mike, you, you, you kind of Michael, you're stretching this shit. You're stretching <laughs> this shit. I'm not stretching right? it. I'm saying that Maryland but, team. Would most likely win the West. Michael, I'm saying that the fourth best team in the East would probably win the West. Michael, the, okay, I'll give you Mike because Michael, because I know Michael, you, I know how he is. He's not gonna say he's wrong. How, how they gonna Michael. win the West and they lost to Wisconsin already? <laughs> Hold on, but listen, let me finish. Stop, sorry. I'm saying okay. the law of averages, the way they've been playing football this year, they would win the West. They yeah, scored the ten points but, but against Michael, Wisconsin. They only okay. put ten <laughs> points on the board. How you gonna win games? <laughs> Michael, wait. Okay, okay, so Michael. I would. Would you favor Nebraska over over Maryland this year? I'm not favoring Nebraska no, against the okay. Would you favor right Iowa? Over, <laughs> I, I just. I would not. I would not say that they would not win the West. I would say well, they would, without a doubt, in my Michael, mind. Michael, okay. I mean, I I know Maryland. They're better this year. But let's not get carried away and act like Maryland. I'm not you know, saying that they're a wonderful team. I'm saying I would favor them to win the West if they're in the saying, West. You're saying, Over you're saying Wisconsin, the- who they've already lost to this year, and Wisconsin is not not strong. Wisconsin this year. ain't Wisconsin ain't in the the runnings to win the West. So no, I'm, I'm not quite sure, Michael. But are you are you saying the West is that bad? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying Wisconsin, Maryland is not the kind of trash team that you're making them to be. No, no, they're not trash. They, they this is like one of the most successful seasons they probably ever had. But what I'm saying, Michael, it's is not ever like, had, but they've had no, recent members. Michael, Maryland, please. They ain't never won no national. They ain't, you know, I have never heard of win a conference championship ever in any conference they're in. But never have, never will. You, you got that right, but anyways, um, Michael. But we're not gonna sit here and say Maryland. You know, even though they're in, in the tough East. Like the East is that goddamn strong that the weakest team in the East can beat I all the teams. I didn't say the, the weakest West. team in the East. I said Maryland in particular. Okay, I'm saying Maryland. I'm no. They're, they're pretty much one of the weaker teams in the East. Are they not? Yes, yeah. They okay. That, that's yes. silence. The, the answer is yes. I know he yeah, was okay. The yeah. answer is yes. You, they soft you, in the East. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. But we're not gonna sit here and make it. I mean, credit. Uh, I you know Michigan strong and Ohio State strong, but we're not gonna sit here and act like Maryland. They're just okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lucky we were in the West, man. We'll run the West. Is that what you're saying, Michael? Really? Maryland? 
And again, Maryland. Wisconsin's in the West, and they lost to Wisconsin. I'm just—I don't know why we keep denying the fact they lost to the team <laughs> that who would normally win the West. <laughs> <laughs> they only put up ten but, points against Wisconsin, and Wisconsin is trash this year. Right, but Wisconsin always has a good defense, though. They always have a good defense. Michael. Michael. They uh, they also lost. He he left. He, they also he leave him. They also lost to Purdue. And again, Purdue's in the West. They lost to all the West teams. Okay, so so basically, they lost to Purdue and they lost to Wisconsin. But I would still favor them overall. Come on, in the West man! You can't really you can't say that they lost to Purdue and lost to Wisconsin, but you still <laughs> favor them. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't be serious, Michael. You I'm sound cryptic right serious. now, Michael. <laughs> Michael, you sound cryptic right now, Michael. I, you, we can disagree, but I'm 100% serious. Uh, Michael, we, okay, I, Michael, okay, Tyree, Tyree, stop. Listen, Michael, I know you're serious. You know I know you better than anybody. I know you're serious. But, Michael, do, do you really think if Maryland was in the West that they'll win it? Yes, without a doubt. I, I would favor them to win the West. Michael. You know, so, I was I, I was liking the conversation with Travis up until this one. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, the dude's pretty smart. I like I like how he analyzed. And then you had to go off and say the Maryland stuff. <laughs> and now I'm starting. Now I'm starting to lose confidence. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying every year, but I'm saying this year I would favor Maryland in the West. Michael, when you, Michael, Michael, no, sorry. Let me, let me. I'm I'm gonna do my Jaywalk thing. Welcome to the Jaywalk podcast, Michael. When did you ever bet on Maryland? I have not. I rest and, my case. Uh, yeah, I rest my case. Mm-hmm. So, a team that you've never bet on, you're willing to bet that they'll win the conf uh, that that division. A team that you've never bet on, really, you're that confident. They played saying, three teams out the West, looked- and they only beat one of them. Which team was that? Was Western? Northwest. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're yep. the weakest team in the conference. <laughs> And they only beat him by a touchdown. Okay, Michael. Now, now Michael, and you're stretching, lost, Michael. And they lost the game to uh, Purdue by less than a touchdown. Yep, man, it was close. But, but, I, I, but you, Buddy Mike. You hear me tell me that Purdue's a great powerhouse either, but they doing it this year. But, Michael. They'll probably make the Big Ten title game this year. Yeah, you're right, Michael. And, Michael, you know football, Michael, but you ain't going to sit here and tell me Maryland, they, they, they going to – come on, Michael. Maryland? Really, Michael? I'm saying – if you're, if we were beginning of this season doing, and Maryland were in the West, and you're doing power rankings, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would bet on them to win the West. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I, I'll do you one better. Over, over Wisconsin, yeah. over Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll Come do you one better. You got to be kidding me. Uh, no, 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 Ty. I'm do you one what better. What Wisconsin done this year besides fire their coach? But you, you didn't know that this year when the season started, right? Everybody thought Wisconsin was just going to be Wisconsin, right? Like they always did. Now well, Wisconsin I was didn't a think this that year. Wisconsin was going to be much of Wisconsin because Wisconsin hasn't been able to consistently throw the ball in a little. And they their their offense has been okay. They didn't. They didn't look impressive to start the year. So, no, I, I wasn't huge on Wisconsin this year. I was way bigger on Nebraska than I should have been, but I was not big on Wisconsin this year. 
which brings me to my point, Ree. Let me let me let me ask you this. And I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. If Nebraska plays Maryland as on their best day, I think Nebraska would beat Maryland. I, I I'm I'm pretty confident well, Nebraska well, would beat Maryland. Well, let's, Even well, though Nebraska's let's, garbage. Let's take that conversation back. You said on their best day. On their Nebraska best day. doesn't play a lot of games on their best day. Okay, but I we're talking besides besides Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State, on Nebraska's best day, they can beat anybody in the Big Ten. Not Ohio State. Nope. <laughs> I just said besides Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't hear you, Mike. I, I, that I, I didn't hear that part that. either. I didn't hear that part either. Okay. Yeah, I've got to say, I don't get jumped on, Mike. On Nebraska, on their best day, I firmly believe, without a doubt, they can beat anybody in the Big Ten except for those three teams. Agreed. Okay, I agree. We so agree. you're Mike. saying on Nebraska's best day, as prefacing that, then I don't think that's a, that's a fair preface. Well, what I'm saying is, but you said they could win the, the division, Michael. You think they would win the division this year is what you're saying. Who? Maryland. Yes, I think they would win the West if they're in right. the West, but that's, they're not. That's what I'm saying, Michael. So if, they, if, if, on, if, they, if they're on their best day, they can't beat Nebraska, how in the hell are they going to win the West? You said on Nebraska's best day, not Maryland's best day. Listen, okay, best day, West day, less day, whatever. It matters, it matters which team's best day you're saying, or if it's okay. both teams' best day. That's what I mean. You if just said Nebraska's best day. If they're both on their best day, I think Nebraska would beat Maryland. I do. Okay, I well, Maryland. I'm saying I'll that's even... a very close game. and But like I said before, Nebraska on their best day, I I, I honestly believe if they, they play up fully to their potential, they can probably beat everybody but the top three teams. So, yeah, they could probably beat Maryland. On their best day, even but if Maryland is playing the best, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I think Nebraska has a very talented roster. So then, well, okay, okay. This, this brings me to the next question of this podcast. Then I'm glad you guys are both here. So since we all so we're gonna let the, we're gonna we're gonna continue let the Maryland thing ride. I just want to know that we're gonna let that ride. No, Michael. Uh, I mean, Tyree, don't stop. <laughs> Y'all can overrule me, but I feel the way I <laughs> because feel. Wisconsin okay, so is Michael. a traditionally nine and four team. I mean, they've been nine and four for pretty much every year that they play. Maryland's traditionally a six loss team. I just look back over the last five years. Maryland ain't got probably more than. I mean, going back in history, they they get five, six, seven losses a season. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, all right. So let, let's let's get off Maryland. So you're Maryland throwing three guaranteed losses in there, pretty much. <laughs> so, can, can and, go and, and three other ones, and it's probably the t- the top teams from the West, which is probably Wisconsin, and you know, I guess Purdue. I don't know what they. I don't know if they use it to Purdue or not. Okay, listen. Can I? Can I? Because because my next question leads into what you guys are talking about. Okay, right, right. so. All right, so Nebraska, when it when it comes to overall rankings, Nebraska is fourth in recruiting. No, I think they're third. They're third in recruit when it comes to recruiting in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. They're third over the past five seasons. Okay. okay. Now we all know Scott Frost did a horrible job coaching or whatever. We we know that. So would you guys say that the rankings that Nebraska is getting, because they're getting damn good recruits, are they overrated? Or is it they're just under coach? Because sometimes I, I go back to what Michael said. You know, they can't keep. But, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, even if they can't keep, they lose one or two players from that class, or whatever. They're still, you know, in the top three 
recruiting. So what I'm saying, when I say under coach, I'm saying, is it that is, is the talent that Nebraska is getting just that overrated? Or do you think they're just that under coach? If you guys know what I'm trying to say, because there's no reason for Nebraska to be, you know, third in, you know, recruiting in the Big Ten, but they can't, they don't, they, but they're like the seventh or eighth best program in the whole goddamn conference. You know what I'm saying? Because talent can win you some games. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just, so you're, probably, you're getting. Probably in the big, probably in the big 12, probably in the Mid-America Conference, but when you turn the ball over a lot and uh, you don't force a lot of turnovers, recruiting doesn't matter that much if you don't play disciplined football. I mean, I would agree with that, but it, it just seems to me for Nebraska to get the recruiting classes that they're supposed to be getting. And I mean, you know, talent at least win you at least five games in a college football season. But we're around the three, four area. And, it's, it, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, you know what I'm saying? That's where we plateau. Like, is, are we just maxed out there or is the talent overrated? Because there's no reason for Nebraska to be getting these type of recruiting classes and, and end up the way they do. There's just uh, no reason. I, I like what Michael said earlier about, you know, the fact that we're not developing these talents. You know, you can get a, you know, four-star recruit in, five-star recruit, you know, but if you can't develop them, you know, from high school to college and get him to perform like he has the capabilities to on mm-hmm. the field, game to game, it doesn't matter what his ranking was. You know, I you know you you look at your, your boy, uh, you know Martinez. He came out looking phenomenal. What happened? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he, his freshman year, he was looking like damn. LeBron's going right. to be nice because you yeah. know he was looking all world. What right. happened? You know, and I, I don't necessarily blame complete him because I think he went to to K State right and had like a not a great football year, but it wasn't nearly the disaster that he would have had probably. In the <laughs> Uh, you see what an offensive line does for you? Makes a world yeah. of difference. You know, so I just think that, you know, between our lack of offensive line, our lack of our defensive line being able to get any kind of pressure at all, it puts a lot of strain. And that's where, you know, when you guys say Nebraska has a great defense, I'm not knocking any D, but to me, you'll never be able to be, you know, that team that can stop, stop you know, other teams in the fourth quarter running late if you can't get no pressure. And I think that was a difference in this game against yeah, Iowa. They- yeah, got great was able today. to run. They we, even with even when we only rushed three. Yeah, they got and great. They were dropping today. five to block. We were still getting pressure. That was a difference in this game. I think. Yeah, Nebraska. I would agree. And I being agree. able to no. not lose in the clutch. I agree. I agree. But you know, I, I'm just going to keep going back to it. You know, uh, a three star or a, or a no star who stays in a program four or five years because they believe in the coaching. They believe in the coaching staff. And they get better is better than a four star. Uh, Nebraska has traditionally been able to take the no stars, you know, the walk ons, the no yep. stars, exactly. and, 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 and turn them into yeah. in, into players that ball out in their you know their junior and senior year because they believe in the coaching staff and the program, and they see their own personal strength and development and their character being built as young men. That just hasn't happened in Nebraska. I've seen it this year under Joseph, but not on Frost. Ooh. And we've gotten out coached in the second half. And, you know, 
Uh, you, you, we can feel how we feel about this loss, uh, this win to Iowa, but he wasn't strongly outcoached. He made some strategic jizz decisions that made the game a little bit closer, but that was because of our player personnel that limited his choices. Oh, he wasn't outcoached right. in this game. So, oh, Michael and, and Tyree, I, I, I want to ask y'all this then. Is no and it has to be either or. Don't I? I don't want to hear no in between, no gray answer. It has to be black or white answers. Okay. Is Nebraska better in the future with Matt Rule or Mickey Joseph? Anyone you guys can go first. And it has to be either or. It's not. It can't. You know. I don't want to hear any other coach. I'm talking about between them two. Mm, that's tough. Well. I'll go with I only know what I know about the people and the players that are out there right now and the team that we have right now. I feel like Mickey Joseph is going to make the hard choices as far as firing coaches and people on the staff, and his whole staff won't make it next year if he's hired. So I'm going to say Mickey Joseph because the players believe in him. Like I said, they walk over uh, hot glass for him because they believe in him. So I'd say – Mickey Joseph, because I don't know anything about Matt Rule enough about how he's going to win the players over. Yeah, great answer. What about you? <laughs> so, oh god, um, I'm gonna have to say Matt Rule. Um, <laughs> and, and the reason I say that is because uh-huh. he has at least shown that he can take a program and improve them. Mickey, mm-hmm. well, I, 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 I think Mickey could. I think Mickey has the potential to do the same. It's just not proven, right? So if I have a wad of money in my hand, if I have a, a million dollars, and I got to say, next season, who would have the better record? Nebraska under Mickey or Nebraska under Matt Rule? And I got a million dollars, and if I bet it wrongly, that million dollars is gone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to put my million dollars on Matt Rule. I think he's had. You know, numerous coaching positions. He's brought success to programs. He didn't bring any to the Carolina Panthers, so that's a question mark. Like, what the hell do you do there? But, you know, I, he's had some success. You know, he, he's been in the NCAA. He's had head coaching positions. He's had assistant coaches that underneath him. He's had player development, you know. Um, I don't know about how he's been motivating, you know, to his players. I don't know nothing about that. But if I just had to take my million dollars and put it on red or black, I'm gonna have to put it on Matt Rule just because of his experience. That that's actually very surprising, Tyree, that you said that. That's very surprising. Um, and Michael, that's you, you, you painted me to do it black or white. Yeah, you painted I me know. on black or white. If you to say, "Hey, man, would you rather pay Matt Rule ten million dollars or keep Mickey Joseph for two? I'm keeping Mickey all day long. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't hire if it was me. I wouldn't hire. Matt Rule over Mickey Joseph. I wouldn't do it. But if I had a million dollars, I had to bet which one's going to have a better season next year. I, a proven thing is a proven thing, right? You know, that's all I can go off of. Right. I you got know? you. I know what you're saying, Rick. Mickey didn't saying. have any head coaching experience. I don't know what the hell he's going to do with these guys. Well, well, I have to say that one with places that weren't didn't have bare cupboards and they weren't bad teams before he got there. So, Amen. Dave Arenda was whole thing is he turned Art around. Biles was there at Baylor before him. They had a good coach at Temple there before him. So it's not like these teams were 100% destitute. 
this is not the, the same difference. So I feel like if you look at the recruiting class, Malachi Coleman, who came in, you know, the best, probably the best recruiters ever came out of the, uh, the state of Nebraska. I would agree, yeah. So players believe in him, and they they want to be around that aura. So I don't I don't know enough about Matt Rule to, to to give an opposing view, but I will say that people believe in his vision and and how he treats them as young men. It's all great. You still got to get W's. Well, <laughs> right. I'm just saying, believe in him or not, not he, he, he can no, be no, Jesus. It, Jesus but I mean, go. no. What, what, what I'm saying is. <laughs> How can you really judge a man when he hasn't? A, he made the right choice in getting rid of uh, Eric Shenander. Yes, um, I never he liked didn't him. Really like have a choice on offense as far as you know changing the scheme too much with Matt Whipple because changing both offense and defense schemes, you know, midway through the season is just a, a recipe for failure. I, I, no. I don't think that's real. But anyway. Well, how are they going to really get in and learn a, a new system midseason? I agree. I, I totally agree. Andrew had that conversation. It, it, he was stuck with what he was stuck with. I agree. But whether he I mean, would have changed something or not, stuck. he still I mean, lost. Where, where is this new offensive line going to come with, come mm-hmm. at midseason? Agreed. So I, 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 don't, I don't know what he can do there. I, I think Mickey Joseph had a bad deck of cards to, to begin with, and he just Whoa. played his hand. No books. He had no books. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not blaming him for how the Huskers performed this season. I'm not. What I, I, what my... I think, I think it, with a couple of coin tosses, he could have won six games. I mean, Wisconsin could have been one if we had an offensive line that that could get a first down or two in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we, we've been saying that for years. With Scott Frost, he keep losing all these games about one two points. And see, yeah, that's but what. I, 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 but but I feel like the defense has played better. It's just we are running that defense ragged, and I feel like, like I said, there's better development in the players with that next man up mentality, making it truly what it is. Because the next player up is actually, you know, came in and and been a apt replacement. Well, couldn't you say that that was all Scott Frost because them was all Scott Frost players. And it, like yeah. you said, if no, he wasn't no, able to no, make, if he wasn't able to make, most, well, if he wasn't able to make, you, to me, your argument was Mickey Joseph didn't have a lot of t- time to make a lot of changes to this football team. So ultimately, he just coached Scott Frost football team. So all these next man up, these players are ready to go. This guy was ready to step in. The, we was deeper here. We played better defense there. Wasn't that all, Scott Frost? No, because it didn't happen underneath him. Because I feel like I can see at the start of this season where the players were and at the end of the season where they were. I can see at the start of the season with underneath Frost where the players were and at the end of the season underneath Frost where they were. And yeah, I don't think like, there's a lot of improvement. I'm saying yeah, that there's different. He has to have some group of players to begin with. Sure, so you think Scott players, Frost would have like a... made his, I don't think he would have made – gotten this level of potential out of the same group of players. Do you think yeah, Scott think Frost would have had years. less wins or more wins than Mickey Joseph at the end of the year? Less. 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 How can you have less wins? He wouldn't have won no games? I'll give you an example, Tyree. Like that dumbass onside kick in the very first game. Like Scott Frost just does 
the dumbest things at the dumbest times of football games. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, Scott Frost was a coach where – I can't believe I'm saying this about Scott Frost because I used to love him. But Scott Frost, he's the type of person where he'll throw the ball all game when he should run the ball all game. Or he'll he'll try to run the ball all game, you know what I'm saying, when he should be throwing the ball all game. Like, you know what I'm saying? With Scott Frost, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was just always so numbskull, dumb shit that he would do, Tyree, in a football game. Like, okay, we got no, hey, maybe we should run the ball a little bit more. I mean, we're getting like five, six, seven yard chunks. And this son of a bitch would start airing it out. So <laughs> you don't think that Scott Frost could have beat Indiana and the Rutgers as well? No. Tyree, Tyree. So you think record. Scott Frost would have lost all the games, but the one Tyree, he won against North Dakota? Wait, wait. I'm, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> No, yeah, I am. I'm going to say it, Tyree. Look at his record in one in one in one uh, one possession games. Look at his record. Yes, he would have lost those. Indiana yeah. won the one possession game. Okay, and Indiana, he he might have squeaked by them, but because I think Mickey was there, that's why they were able to win by two touchdowns. And Bill Bush, because if Eric Schneider and Scott Frost was there, Tyree, yeah, they would have lost those two games. I'm I'm damn near certain, Tyree. The great Georgia Southern. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate right now because to me, it's it, I can't claim that Mickey had a successful season with all these L's I'm looking at in these columns. Like I just can't say it. I'm not saying he had a successful season. I'm saying he had he got potential out of the 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 the, the lack of talent or the the lack of developed talent he had. And I, I feel I, like I, I hear what you're saying, but ultimately, if it didn't end up in W's, I don't give a shit what they developed into. They could develop into dinosaurs. They didn't win no games. You know, they could well, have evolved into mutants. They just didn't get no W's. But read, and, read, and ultimately, read. everybody's everybody is judged on how many wins and how many losses you have. Oh, all right, read. We're not we're not debating that, read. But read, have you seen what Shenander this year and what you've seen from Scott Frost this year? Do you really think? They would have won any more games. I, I, I ain't got no confidence in Shenander, so I don't I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing that he should have, you know, maybe Scott would have fired him too. I don't know. All no. I'm saying, well, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what he would have done. We Nobody we knows because he got fired. <laughs> right. All I'm saying is Mickey didn't like, it's not like he came in and turned this team around. And, and got something out of them that we wouldn't have expected Scott Frost to get, right? This whole mm-hmm. three, four wins, that's that's traditional Scott Frost right there. Well, okay, Marie, Marie. But here's the thing, Tyree, that, that me and Mike, I think we both agree with, and to what you think. When it comes to that, Tyree, is as a program, are we better today than what we were tomorrow? Nebraska is much better or better than, you know, now than what they were in the beginning of the season. They are. But we say that we say that we say that every year with Nebraska. But, listen, Tyree, Tyree. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't but, I don't say that Nebraska. Oh, you, you might not, but if you if you go on ESPN, you look at you look at Kurt Herbstreit. He's a great example. You know, as an analyst, he always talks about how Nebraska finished strong and they're going to be really good next year because they're <laughs> they're going to be able to put it together and everything. Every year we say okay, that but, about Nebraska. Well, I'm gonna I'll okay. put it like this. I don't hear a lot of players that are. Uh, disgruntled with uh, Mickey Joseph as a head coach, and I feel like his attrition will be smaller, and I feel like the players want to come and play for him more. I feel like if they keep him on, he'll be able to keep more talent to develop the same talent that's on this team right now. 
I don't okay. feel like the players were believing in Frost and wanted to stay with him no matter what. They were just going to ride with him. I feel like that is true, and I've heard it from the actual players on this team. I want to ride with Coach Joseph. Okay, okay. But... So how do you develop talent? You have to keep talent to develop that talent. If that talent don't want to stay with you, it's going to leave, and they want to stay with him. To keep All you got to do is win games. The talent don't want to go nowhere. Nick Saban's <laughs> well, a dick. Nick Saban is the biggest Frost, dick in college so how, football. How is that an right? argument? Well, because so, Nick Saban, like I said, Nick Saban's a dick. Everybody knows Nick Saban's a dick. But they don't have them five-star recruits. They, they feel like nowhere. they're developing. They feel like they're developing underneath him. Well, these they feel like they're getting doubles. They feel like is what they feel like. No, no, <laughs> they're no, getting no, no. in their own it TV. Not, it, it, it ain't matter. They feel like they're developing as players so they can – be a higher potential to get sent to the NFL. It's and not you, just about no higher w's. incentive is going to be than getting W's. I don't give a shit. If you have 12 no. losses in the season, nobody's well, getting drafted. Michael, Michael, I doubt that. Michael, there Michael. are plenty of teams that have high losing records, and you can see individual players that will get drafted. But, but, but I Michael, think it's more likely that you'll see players with on teams that win a lot that get drafted. But it is about how we, how is their potential? How many Heisman Trophy winning teams? To the next how many level? Heisman Trophy losing teams have you seen before? <laughs> None. Nobody wins a Heisman if you got two wins but, a season. But Michael, Michael, you would have to agree, Michael. Recruiting is, I mean, winning is the best recruiting when you're winning. You have to agree with that, right? Hello. I heard something ding. Did you get dropped? Yeah, he got dropped. Yeah, he dropped. He, it was some bullshit. So the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the bullshit. I got the bull. I got the yeah. bullshit. Uh, yeah, the, the, the bullshit bot kicked him out, huh? It was like, wait, yeah. wait boom, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, we, like Michael, we didn't told you about that bullshit. So, <laughs> so, so, and my meter kicks in and it goes like, bullshit, Maryland, bullshit, bullshit. All right, kick the nigga off. Hey, kick, you know, you know, I don't play that. I mean, I hear what he was saying, but come on, man. We both know if you ain't got no W's, man, it don't matter what you're doing. I don't care how how the players feel at the end of the season. Y'all are losers. Yeah, Terry, because I I honestly believe that winning is the best recruiter. Yeah, winning is the best everything. You know, <laughs> if you can't get no W's, dog, it's not gonna nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't know. You're not you're not getting new facilities. You're not bringing in more coaching talent. You're not bringing in more good recruits. These recruits aren't staying here. If you can't get W's, nothing else matters. Yeah, um, yeah. Everything I, I, you do has to translate to W's. Yeah, because like with winning, you get more exposure. With winning, you get you know what I'm saying. You get mm-hmm. more accolades and you get more attention, basically, with winning. So I just think because you're not because usually people when they say well. When I want to go to play football in Nebraska, you know, they're winning tradition. That's why I want to go play for Nebraska. Not, you know, not because, you know, they're well-developed. No, I want to get attention from the league. Yep. And, you know, perhaps other coaches. And, um, you know, that's how it always works, Ree. So, I mean, Ree, I, I, I feel you 100% on when it comes to – um, but Michael's tripping because the bullshit meter said Michael. <laughs> <laughs> the bullshit meter said click, 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 and shit. Uh, yeah, I was, I was riding with him all the way until he started talking that Maryland noise. I'm like, okay, so you know what? I can't do it right now. Yeah, because I'm we Maryland we, gonna win the West. 
I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Maryland, Maryland can barely win their scrimmage, let alone win the West. So, um, and scrimmage, they don't even get track of points. But, um, <laughs> but, but, sorry, but what we ain't going to do is, <laughs> we ain't going to put Maryland up there talking about, yeah, they run the West if they were in the West. Nah, they, well, they're, they're one and two. They're sub 500 against the West this year. So how the hell are they going to win it? Because mm. I, because I think Tyree, if Nebraska yeah, five was in conference play, he's talking about they gonna win. Come on, well, man. Now, if Nebraska was to play Maryland, Tyree, I think Nebraska would beat Maryland. I really, I would believe that. And you know, Nebraska's garbage. I would go you know? for Nebraska if you know what I'm saying. Like if, if Nebraska played Michigan, what I tell you at the beginning of the game, that's a loss. We're not beating Michigan. If right. Nebraska played Ohio State, we're not beating Ohio State. Nebraska right. played Penn State, we're not beating Penn State. Nebraska right. played Maryland, give me Nebraska. Right, I'm just going for from Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, the, like Tyler, you know what I'm saying. See, on the Jaywalk podcast, we keeps it real. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. We keeps it real on the Jaywalk podcast, and that's why I always have my man Tyree on here because he keeps it real. And and Mike was talking some real bullshit, and the bullshit me just said, "Clip his mic, clip his mic," and they clipped it. So. <laughs> Yeah, because like he's trying to get back on right now, Reed, but the bullshit meter is saying, nah. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> because uh-uh. <laughs> JT ain't trying to hear it. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know who JT is. But, no, but Reed, what makes it, what, what makes it, um, what, what makes, that whole Maryland um, analogy he was trying to talk about is, yeah, Maryland is a better team than they have been. But I asked him, how many times have you bet on Maryland? Oh, I never bet on Maryland. Well, then, and then you can't go sit here and say a team you never bet on win the division. <laughs> you can't say that. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm telling you right now, if, if, if Maryland was to play Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern might get them. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Jordan yeah. Southern might get him, Reed. All right, so here's here's my thing. Here, here here's my last question. We all seem to know that Mickey Joseph ain't ain't gonna be a coach for Nebraska next year. Okay, it seems like okay. it's gonna be Matt Rule. Okay. So, uh, okay. what are the keys to success for Matt Rule next year to have a <clears throat> improved upon season? And do you think he can improve upon this year's season? Um, yes, because Nebraska has talent. Um, okay. They have talent. Nebraska, because I said the cover is not bare. So I think – Is Casey Thompson staying? You think Casey Thompson's staying? No, I think he – I think he's – I think he's gone. Um, he's gone too. Um, I think that he is uh, – he said the link's not working. Um. I got them take the bullshit meter off real quick. So, <laughs> um, so um, I think uh, he, um, I think Kyrie, he is, because because of, we've been down for so long, Ree, I think, you know, as, as Husker Nation, Ree, they're going to say, listen, man, we're, we're not going to give you that one, that one year, of rebuilding and having a losing record, I'm thinking that he's got to come in. The expectation is going to be that he has to be 500. I kid you not, Ray. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, yo, man, we've been down so long. We're not trying to hear that rebuilding bullshit. <clears throat> we're going to do it for the last 
eight, nine seasons. We were done hearing that shit. You're going to have to at least be 500 for us to believe you. Think you can? Do you think Nebraska can be a 500 team next year? Yeah, Tyree. Only because Tyree, because they they find ways to lose. So, because Tyree, there's they should have beat Wisconsin, they should have beat Minnesota, and they should have beat. You know, what I'm saying they should have been a. They should have beat. I'm trying. to – Oh, they they could have beat Illinois. If boy didn't get hurt, there's three wins right there. You see what I'm saying, Reese? So they could have been 500. You know, this year. So it. Man, being a Nebraska fan is exhausting. I'm tired, but. <laughs> Sorry, I'm tired, but you know what I'm saying, Ray? I, I think he can go 66 only because I think the, the West is that. Oh, and Nebraska, they should have probably beat Purdue. They, you know what I'm saying? But the Nebraska offense, you know, they're, they're scoring. Huh? I'm back oh, he's back. Oh, the, I took the bullshit meter off, Mike. So that's why you was able to get back <laughs> in the conversation. Yeah, because you know, okay. um, yeah, there was some bullshit. You was talking, so they was like, flip his mic. Clip, that, uh, that that winning the Heisman does not equate to uh, success in the NFL or being drafted high? No, no. That's true. That's just not true. It's just true. Look at all the no, Heisman we, Trophy winners who have not been successful in the NFL. I'm about to get my mic. I'm about to get my Kevin Samuels on. Don't overtalk me. <laughs> okay. all right, Don't overtalk me. What I'm saying is the bullshit meters, you said the Maryland – you said Maryland and the radar. Oh shit! You about to clip his mic, and you said some other <laughs> shit about Maryland, and then you got on some other bullshit saying that winning isn't the best recruiter. So the bullshit meter said, "Clip it, click, clip," and you, <laughs> and you was done. And I had to take the bullshit meter off, so you was able to rejoin the conversation. So I took it off. So let's go ahead and say your bullshit, so we can um, continue to you know the discussion. So the the question well, I pulled to the, the question I posed to to Jerome was. All right, we, we know, you know, what's done is what's done, right? This year is in the books. Yeah. On to next year. We know that it's not Mickey Joseph. It looks like it's going to be Matt Rule. Question is, what does Matt Rule need to do to um, improve upon Nebraska for next season? And do you think he's capable of bringing more success to Nebraska in the coming season? So, so do you want to hear what I had what I had to say about that, Mike, or do you want to go ahead and just go ahead? I'd like to hear what she had to say. Okay, uh, so Tari's on this. I hate to repeat this uh, to my my listeners, but um, I think that I don't know if Tyree agrees with this. He's not going to get that first year um, rebuilding, like because you know we've been rebuilding for the past six, seven seasons. So where he's not going to get that, okay, he can go two and ten. And the the fans are going to still be on board because we we don't Husker Nation has not heard that for so long that he's not getting that one year buffer. He's not getting it, so he's going to have to at least go five hundred his first year, because like I said, a lot of people ain't really excited about the hire in the first place. And if he pulls a three and nine and a four and eight, then what happens is Husker Nation is going to say this is more of the same bullshit, and okay, tough days are still ahead. The the fan base needs something, needs to see progress or something to be excited about because that home sellout streak is t- it, 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 it's hanging on by a thread. It's hanging on by a thread, and I don't think the, the Husker Nation is going to give that man the time or or are going to have the patience to say, you know what, you can go four and eight and three and nine this season or five and seven because it's a rebuilding year. They're not going to do it. All right, so Michael. 
No, no, you just cut me off on my own podcast. No, he. Man, I'm putting the bullshit thing back on. Okay, go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. No, I right. before, what I before, before you before you answer before you answer. Hold on, hold on. Bro. So I got the schedule up from Nebraska next year. Y'all want to hear it before you answer? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Bro. Minnesota, Colorado, Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, Michigan, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue. Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. Oh, they play Maryland. There you go, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a permanent fan of Maryland. I just said I felt like they did. They would have they would have did just fine in the West this year as far as winning it. Um, what I would say is Matt yes, Rule has – Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Lakers beat the Spurs. Go ahead. Has proven uh, – has proven that uh, the uh, he takes an adjustment period wherever he goes. He needed adjustment at Tulane. He needed adjustment period at Baylor. And he's going to need an adjustment period to go from the Tim NFL to the Big Ten football. So I don't think uh, this this big change, is, this big positive change is going to be any better with him than Joseph. I don't because I feel like uh, Mickey has gotten through the gear of being a head coach, has gotten some experience of being a head coach, being a head coach in the, in the Big Ten, has played and has coached well enough to win games. Plenty of games this year. He's coached well enough to win in the Big Ten. And I feel like he understands the, the style of football and the kind of grit that's needed to win in this league. So, no, I, I don't think he's going to do any better than – Mickey this year because he really I feel like he has a good understanding of the league now and then he understands the type of football and I feel like he'll make the necessary changes to get the kind of uh, um, players and coaching staff in to uh, to overhaul that offensive line to be the kind of aggressive unit it needs to be. Okay, so Marie, let me ask you a question, Henry. Mm-hmm. What would you see as success next year? If Matt Wood was to get here, um, I like a couple of things that were said earlier. I do think that um, you know, I think especially hearing that Matt Rule is not a great recruiter, I think you got to find a way to keep Mickey there. You mm-hmm. got to find a way to keep Mickey on staff. I think if Mickey's open to it, which you know he said earlier on in the season he would be open to staying at Nebraska, even if he wasn't the head coach. I hope that's still true. I think, you know, I think if you can keep Mickey on in the recruiting capacity and some sort of assistant coach or something like that, you know, I think that would be great. So I think that'd be a a big um, boost to help make sure that the team didn't, you know, fall too low, you know, uh, with, you know, because obviously Matt was going to bring in changes. Um, I also think that hopefully he has, you know, Trev Alberts gives him the ability to make some of the changes that are still needed with, Maybe some of the existing coaching staff. I think there might need to be some changes there that still yet yet need to happen. Okay. okay. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm just going out there that there's some things out there that's a little shaky, a little shaky that we need to maybe tighten up a little bit. <clears throat> um, but you know, I, I think it all comes down to, and I, I agree. I don't know what kind of motivator he is. You know, um, if he can motivate these kids to be better than what they are then sure, I think he can be, have great success. I don't think Scott Frost was a great motivator. I think Mickey Joseph was a better motivator. 
you know, but I don't know if this guy can motivate. But honestly, I don't know that you could do much worse, you know, unless you only win two games. Like, I don't know. I mean, four games is a pretty damn low bar, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, if, if you win five or six games, I think while five or six games isn't amazing from a Nebraska program, I think if he comes out with six Ws, he's going to be like the next Messiah here because, like, we haven't had that kind of success in so damn long. Right. That if he can just pull out just some mediocre crap, you know, he might be like, you know, they might, you know, walk the, uh, kiss the ground he walks on kind of thing. So I right. think he has, right. I think he has the bars not too high. So he can come in and just show a little bit of progress, you know, get five, six, seven wins even. He gets the seven wins. I don't even know. We might put up a trophy. We might, you know, take down Tom Osborne's trophy or as a, his statue and put up his or something because this Nebraska team is yearning for just some sort of decent football. And if he can do it, great. I just don't know if he's that guy. Um, I don't know what the hell's problem was at Carolina, you know, because I don't watch pro football. So, but, you know, if, if he can be half as successful as he was in some of his other programs quickly, you know, in year one in Nebraska, that's going to be huge for us. Um, but see, that's what worries me about this whole coaching thing is because like you said, he was losing in the NFL. And that's what Michael, that's what worries me more than anything, Michael, because I'm tired of people losing and coming to Nebraska. You see what I'm saying? Like both Lee was a coordinator. Okay. Bill Callahan was a coach that had a horrible season at, you know, right after he got to the Super Bowl to come here. And then we go past there. We have Mike Riley, which he really didn't have any success at Oregon State, come here. Scott Frost was supposed to be the, like a no, uh, you know, it was a slam dunk hire, and you see how bad that went. So here we go again. Why do we have to get somebody who that didn't do well in the NFL? Well, Nebraska, he can come to take a, a blue blood job like Nebraska after being unsuccessful somewhere else. I don't like that. I don't. It's about progression. You know, if you guys know what I'm saying, like it's about progression. It's about is he is is he trending? Like okay, like right now he's trending downwards because mm-hmm. of what happened in the NFL. Do we want to hire somebody that's trending downwards to try to get Nebraska trending upward? Well, so I, I, I read a quick I read a quick little article about Matt Rule saying that you know his issue in Carolina was you know he had a failed experiment with Baker Mayfield. And, you know, they just weren't effective at stopping the run. Okay, well, we we have a lot of teams that run in the Big Ten. I, I'd agree. That's not a okay. good thing. <laughs> All right. All right. So, once again, Michael, once again, that's what worries me, Michael. Because I got to – because, Michael, for the past seven, six seasons, we've done heard, okay, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding. Michael, Husker Nation's tired of hearing that shit. And, and I completely see, agree. Right. But here's the thing, Michael, especially when you see Brett Vilma going to Illinois and being successful right away. He says, okay, so it's like, damn, if you can do that in Illinois, why in the hell can't you do it at Nebraska? It's frustrating. Well, uh, Nebraska doesn't have a natural recruiting base. Neither does Illinois. These... Well... Uh, Illinois is probably about has a population of 20 million people in that state. Okay, so. 
I, I get so, Nebraska has about two million, two point five here, but yeah, still. So. But, but Michael, so that's, what I'm saying is, they're in a region where Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, within a less than eight hour drive, there's ten times as many people. Probably okay. twenty, fifteen to twenty times as many people physically, number of people. So it makes it much easier to get more talent when, when you can say, "Hey, I can within a day I can drive to go see my family." Okay, so I give, that, I give that is a natural uh, um, advantage recruiting when you can be closer to a person's family. Okay, so, that, that's 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 fair, but I I don't I don't, I don't care. I, I want to know, you know what I'm saying? I don't, that, you may, you're talking about the numbers right now. Well, all I want to know is Illinois, Minnesota, and Purdue seem to be doing it just fine, even though, okay, you're talking about because of the population thing. But what do those three, what do those three schools have that Nebraska doesn't have? Nothing. Don't do this for you. Nothing. Nothing. No, they have. They play Michael. more discipline than we do. No, I know that's Okay, Michael, what I'm saying is, Michael, you don't think somebody should be able to come to Nebraska and all the resources Nebraska's have and at least go 500 right off the bat. How many – remember all three of those games. Remember all of those games. How many fifth-year, six-year seniors there were on all of those teams? How many well, fifth-year and six-year seniors are in Nebraska? That's no, right, the difference. Right. They're a young team, Michael, but you're trying to say they're too young. We're to go young for a reason because our players don't want to stay here. Right. I understand that, Michael, but what, what are you saying? They're too young to go 500? Really? I'm saying that having players work in a system for a long time and have consistency and have to work their way up through a system is a huge difference. So we can't just out-talent a player who's been consistently growing in a system where they've had to compete to play. They had to compete in the weight room, had to compete and not compete and not make mistakes to get on the field where, versus teams that maybe ain't perfect, ain't all that good, but you have to compete to get on the field and you don't make mistakes. And that's not how you get on the field is you have to not make mistakes and you have to show that you can work your way up and they still want to stay there and they still want to do that after five or six years. That's the, that's the difference that matters. Yeah. We can get somebody in who can get the players on this team to believe it's worth staying here to sacrifice. That will, that will prove immensely important is having players that want to sacrifice to stay here. Do you know how NIL works in the transfer portal? How's it all work? Do you know? Um, I I cannot tell you about the the transfer portal. It's you know it's open up at certain points of the season, uh, beginning the end of the season. Uh, I believe it's like ninety days after if there's a coaching change. NIL, it's it's a lot more uh, murky to me, but I feel like if Nebraska needs to have a long term scheme with their NIL where they're paying people more, maybe if they stay in the program longer, whatever it is, these businesses, everything around Nebraska needs to 
scheme so that we can get players that want to stay here with NIL money that is progressively better the longer you stay. And that's what I was just wondering. I was like, so does NIL, you know, um, so I'm assuming, you know, if Nebraska says, hey, we're going to pay you a million dollars a year to play football for us, I'm assuming the minute they transfer out of the program, like, do we owe it still? Do they Are they paid up front? You know, you know, if we say we're going to pay you a million a year over the next four years and they leave, I'm assuming it's not like a coaching contract, right, where we still have to pay it whether they stay or go, right? No, I, I, would, no. I would hope not, but I'm not going to give you any untrue answers because I'm not sure. No, but I no. would hope that the that the businesses and the in and the companies that we have in Nebraska start to make some more strategic decisions and make sure that as we're giving away NIL money, we're tiering it so the longer you stay, the more you get. Yeah, I, I think. But yeah, Reed, to answer your question, Reed, I know this for a fact. Now, once you leave Tyree, they they, they stop paying you. Because you know they're paying okay. you for your name, image, and likeness. So if you don't have that name, image, and likeness, therefore they can't pay you. So therefore, if you go transfer to Iowa, well, um, Stir Twenty Two wouldn't be paying. You know, what I'm saying wouldn't be paying. You know, somebody mm-hmm. that's in Iowa now. So yeah, mm-hmm. so it ends. You know, because it's not contract money. You know what I'm saying, Ray? It's not contract money. Got it. Yeah. So that's how it works. Um, well, we've been on this podcast for almost two hours. Uh, does anybody have anything else uh, pessimistic they want to say about um, the Nebraska program? Nope, just another sucky year. <laughs> oh, you know, a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, out of my two per, uh, favorite people in the world, um, which one is donating to the cause nigga fund so I can go fornicate later? Oh, that'd have to be Michael. <laughs> Man, that was a bad connection. I couldn't understand the question. Michael, don't you do that. Michael, don't you do that, Michael. Bad you better connection. not do it, Michael. <laughs> Michael, you been... <laughs> Michael, you been... <laughs> Michael, don't do me like that. That's wrong, Mike. <laughs> Uh, come on, Mike. Well, you know, it's been two hours. What's your last word? But yeah, uh, one of you niggas is donating to the Nickel College Fund tonight. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, 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 go read. That's your last statement, Israel? That's your last statement? Uh, no, I'm just saying, man, I, 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 you know, regardless of whatever move Nebraska makes, I still want Nebraska to be successful. You know, uh, you know, I just, it's just hard to watch them lose every year, knowing that, you know, that's not like play, you know, and it's not even the fact that we're losing game, it's how we're losing them, that we're not getting better, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just it's just frustrating, so whatever move they make, you know, even though I don't like Trev Alberts, I think he's, I don't know, we'll, we'll see, you know, I've yet to, to, to see what he's going to mm-hmm. do, but I have little confidence in his abilities as well, so. <laughs> we know, I know, Rhea, I know. <laughs> it's I know. just like, I, I don't know. I just, I hope that they figure it out next year and they can be more successful because otherwise, I don't know, I might define me a different team and go for something. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier. What, 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 are your, what are your last words to say about the program this year, Michael? Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Rhea. Hey, you know, somebody wait, 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 Michael, Michael, wait, 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 wait. Michael, 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 wait, 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 wait. What you just, Hold on, one wrong? more thing, one, one, one more question for y'all because yeah. I don't, I don't okay, know. This. Um, is the South Carolina, or not South Carolina, the USC, um, and UCLA? Is that is that 
finish? Is that like complete? Is that like a go a green or is that still in the arms? In the wings? No, no, no. They're joining they're joining in twenty twenty four. Okay, but it's a it's a it's a done deal. Like his yeah, contract is locked in. Yep. Done deal. Okay, because I heard they was fighting it, so I know where that goes. No. So in, so not next year, but the year after next. Yeah, yeah, that's UCLA. Got you. Yeah, that's the governor of California trying to fight it. It's not <clears> gonna <throat> work, but yeah, they're gone. Okay. Go. All right. That's all I have. That's my last question. Yeah. Right, go <laughs> okay, go go ahead, Michael. What, what do you what would you uh, like to see? You know, as a as a true Nebraska fan, I ain't looking for another teams. I'm gonna keep riding with the Huskers, even if they win zero games. But what I do want to see is uh, whatever they do in hiring. I want to see discipline, and I want to see toughness. Um, I want to see a team that doesn't make a lot of penalties, and a team that understands that you you have to impose your physical will on somebody else. Mm. So, whoever whoever can uh, you know really embody those things and you know, be willing to change with the times and uh, understand what, what, what the systems are of the day, then I think that's going to be a person that can give Nebraska football success. Okay, that, that was very enlightening. Um, well, my final thought would be is um, I, I just want to end this whole coaching carousel because we've been doing it for the past 20 years. I'm tired of it. And I, more than anything, more than, than I want to see Nebraska winning, I want to see them competitive. And when I say competitive, I mean at least hovering around five, you know, 500. And I am tired. I am tired of the turnover at this program. I am tired of mm-hmm. of the consistent of us getting our hopes up every year and it's a bullshit season. I am tired of, I, I want to get back to the old Nebraska where the one thing we did have was stability and consistency. That's where I want to get back to. And damn it, this, this is going to, this is going to be the coaching hire that's either going to break, you know, get us to trend back to Nebraska that we used to be, or it's going to keep us here forever. I honestly believe that. And let's just get some consistency. Go Big Red, man. That's all I'm saying, man. All right. Appreciate it, brothers. Nice talking to y'all. Man. All right. Yeah, it was a straight all podcast. Right. Yeah, I'm going to send you the request, Ree and Mike. I'm going to send y'all some requests in a couple <clears throat> minutes, man. Okay. Right. That was enjoyable. Right over the mic. So, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the Jake Walk Podcast. We out. I'm about to hit my boys up. I'll at y'all. One. One. Uh,